0: You're listening to the No BS Nutrition Podcast. I'm registered dietitian Hannah McGee.
1: And I'm neuroscience PhD student Tarek Youssef. And for the next hour, we're going to tackle popular nutrition topics from a scientific lens, promoting fact over fiction with no BS. Welcome back, eaters.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's not, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just realized we don't have a name for the listeners. Ooh,
0: um...
1: Oh, by the way, this is a Nobius Nutrition podcast. You might have thought it was something else. Some people usually, we get confused for like CNN, <laughs> like and NPR, like Radiolab. So that happens just, all the time. Just yeah, we really yeah. need to clear that
0: up. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know what we should call our listeners. Um, if you guys have any suggestions, you can please let us know because hmm. I am stuck a little bit now here thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, we always just say Friends of the Pod.
1: I think they are.
0: I think they that's are. That's what they are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Friends of the Pod. Yeah, I guess that's Welcome okay. back, Friends of the Pod. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, on... Wednesday you were telling us about your running Hannah mm-hmm. and how you hit a wall and then all of a sudden it was like now you're feeling good confident mm-hmm. you had a great run this mm-hmm. th- on Wednesday morning Monday morning. slash Monday morning. yeah yeah whatever <laughs> but Wednesday yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so actually I was going strong I think we hit like the seven week mark is that right of our training
0: um yes I'm behind you because I have been like we started so I don't know if we talked about this, but we started a an eight week 10k training plan like 13 weeks before a mm-hmm. before the actual race that we're gonna do. So we like are, we have extra week. So I think your plan with these extra weeks was like to go further and like keep building up your endurance yeah. and like train beyond um, the 10k mm-hmm. training plan. Whereas like what I've been doing is kind of like repeating weeks when i feel like i need to you know what i mean so like i have done yeah. like week four like twice and then i am doing i think this week i'm gonna do week six or whatever one i'm on um mm-hmm. again because of, we have the time like we still have six weeks until right. the true. actual race yeah. so yeah anyway we're gonna
1: be we're gonna be usain Bolton i know oh there. my gosh you're gonna be
0: so fast <laughs> so, okay so you're on week... which week? i think i'm on week seven, seven? okay
1: Or eight, honestly. Yeah, you
0: could even be on eight.
1: Regardless. So I hit. um, So I had my Sunday long run. And then. Which was how long? Last week. Oh, uh, like almost 12K? Okay, yeah. And then. Okay. (laughs) And then. um, uh, And then Monday came. I did my. It's kind of a long run again on Monday. I think it was like 7K or something. Okay. And then Tuesday morning, you know, it's supposed to be a speed run. I don't go. I say, maybe I'll go tomorrow. I need a rest day. Yeah. Wednesday, I don't go. I'm just not feeling it. Thursday, I don't go. Friday, I don't go. Saturday, I don't go. Sunday, I don't go.
0: Really? This morning,
1: I wake up. Yeah. So, So we're actually recording in the past.
0: You took the last few days off then. I yeah, I just days. did the Monday. Right, okay.
1: Yeah. So the, we're recording in the past. It is a Monday. And mm-hmm. this morning I got up and I said, you know what? I'm just going to pick up where I left off. I did the Tuesday run this morning. Nice. And I feel like, you know, it was okay. It happened. Yeah. I had a tough spot. Yeah. <laughs> Last week was unbelievable. I mean, every week is like, I don't even know anymore. I need to finish this degree. But it... um. Yeah, it was just so tough. So, you know, fell off the horse this morning, got on again. So, hopefully, tomorrow morning will be another good day.
0: Yeah, you know what? I, okay, so I have a couple things to say about that. Um, One is that I've kind of been, not like, not entirely, but I've been sharing like little tidbits on my Instagram stories about this 10K training plan. And, like, you know, oh my God, we
1: need a Nike sponsorship.
0: I know, right? Uh, oh, but I've been yeah, I've been sharing like oh, oh my god, I want to a be a
1: Bowerman run. babe.
0: You want to be uh, what?
1: A Bowerman babe.
0: What is that?
1: Bowerman Track Club. You'll get to those guided runs. Okay, oh, I haven't been there yet. So you've Sorry. been sharing tips. You've been sharing tips. You've yeah.
0: Sharing. So not not tips, just like little yeah, yeah. like thoughts about like the training yes. plan or sharing when I because I've I. <clears throat> I said like I'm really trying to do this training plan like intuitively and still listen to my body yes. and not necessarily because I think in the past when I did train for races yeah. I was like I have to do it perfectly or it's not or I'm it's like mm-hmm. I'm a failure right like if I don't and you do know all the runs. The
1: Nike documentation is very um, they're very inclusive of that I think they're very like you know what this is just a guideline yeah like figure it out for yourself sort of thing yeah exactly so that's great. and
0: that's what I've been doing and I think that that's what I think it's great that you mm-hmm. um, like you say you fell off the oh, horse yeah. but I think it's great yeah. that you weren't feeling it like you were feeling exhausted yes. you were having a really busy week and yeah. you just rested when you needed to and I think like I was saying on Wednesday about my long run and how I put it off over the weekend and took three days mm-hmm. to rest and then went and did it and like thoroughly enjoyed it, it and loved it yeah i think that um shows that when you do listen to your body when it comes to exercise or movement um and allow yourself or like honor the rest that you need it actually makes the process of exercising mm. or yes. training for something so much more enjoyable because yes. you're not like just like dragging yourself in the dirt when you're like muscles are sore totally. and it hurts and you're tired and you're
1: or you're you know, mentally drained
0: right. yeah and it I makes know. it less sustainable as well i feel like if you yeah if you're mentally drained and um and you just force yourself to do it anyways it just it's not fun so that's not going to keep you coming back anymore um and yeah so i think that what i wanted to say is that i think it's great to when you're doing a plan or something like that if you can to yeah listen to your body Switch things up with when you need to, take rest when you need to, even if it's not the you know, allotted rest day. And then two, I think this is a great uh, maybe tip for people that want to train for a race. If you're doing like an eight-week training plan or a 12-week training plan, start yes. doing it further than eight weeks out yes. or 12 weeks out so that yes. you can yeah. allow yourself more like wiggle room for these, mm-hmm. um, you know, like maybe predict that, okay, I'm actually probably yes. going to need yeah. more rest days than this allows or, um, yeah, just give yourself extra time to you yeah. do it the way that feels best for you. Anyways, that's my spiel. That's
1: like um, a great tip. In, that's a great spiel. It's, and, and a good tip in university too is, um, and I was told this when I was younger and I did this too. And I think I, to some extent I still do it even though i don't have traditional homework anymore but if you have a deadline put it in your calendar like a month and a half before it's due mm. like a big deadline like a big big project that takes months to complete yeah put it in early and aim for the early goal and if you don't hit it that's okay you've hopefully done a, a lot of the the bulk of the work and now you have that rest of the time to finish it up
0: i love that yeah exactly same thing So it's thing. the same yeah same strategy yeah yeah Speaking of strategies, (laughs) that has nothing to
1: do with 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 (laughs) what I'm going to talk about. I love when you do that. (laughs) Um, So last episode, we talked a little bit about future food. Yeah. So this is kind of a continuation of that, but kind of honed in. So our Friday episodes are usually a little bit more um, meatier, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so to speak, which actually has Uh a lot uh to do with what we're going to talk about. Great. So... um, we're going to talk nutrition today, okay. but we're not just going to talk our nutrition. Oh, we're everyone goes, oh, 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 what does he mean? Yes, Hannah. So I have a question for you off the off the bat. Okay. What does Bella, your family dog, what does Bella eat?
0: Okay, she eats, I actually just picked up a big, giant bag of dog food for her today. Yeah. Should have seen me yeah. trying to carry it out of the pet store.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, workout. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's like a it's chicken and rice. Table. like it's you know okay. it's hard dog yeah. food and it's on the bag it says chicken and rice so I'm just right right what
1: it is yes chicken and rice and does she have any um like tendencies or like quirks about her eating hmm.
0: like yeah so bella is actually a really interesting year as a dog that i love talking oh my god thank you so much i love talking about bella
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome
0: <laughs> um but no she you know how some dogs like you, you
1: don't know. I you don't know. I like took Bella to the vet. This is gonna be like a whole workup, this whole <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> um,
0: no, you know how some dogs like you put the food in the dish and they just like eat it, they scarf it down immediately. devour. That's yeah. what so, uh, I, anyways, Bella does not do that. She is like yeah. a 1000% like right. intuitive eater. She is like right, right, you right, Put food in her dish, she doesn't even like look at you or She's notice. Like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, and she just like eats purely when she's hungry and and stops when she's full she leaves food in the dish and walks away and then comes back to it later uh, which is i feel like maybe rare for some dogs because in my experience with dogs usually they're like food obsessed and not to say she's not food obsessed because she is human food obsessed she begs for everything but um and i'll
1: say even cats on the whole are very like when you get that wet food out, it's like... Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. And like they go straight like from obsessed. the food. So, yeah. yeah, no, she is very intuitive. And sometimes it's almost like worrisome. Like it'll, right, 24 right, right. hours will have gone by and she hasn't touched her food bowl. And it's like, are you yeah, okay? Yeah. But then she goes and eats right. and then she's fine and she's healthy. So anyway, so that's yeah. how she eats.
1: Love that. Okay. Actually, um, I have two cats. Um, and my older cat is very much like that. He... He'll, I'll like put the food in. He actually does usually go right away. I'll say like 95% of the time. He'll eat a little bit, leave, like go sit down, maybe have a nap, come back a few hours later. There's still food in the bowl. Maybe there's even like food in the bowl for like a few hours until he finishes it all. Yeah. Um, and sometimes my cats uh, and my younger cat's the same way. I don't know if she learned it from him or if she was just like that anyway. Mm. but they're both very intuitive and they both, um, they both, you know, yeah, are, are not very food motivated like yeah. that. However, Baxter's a very picky eater, mm. and he will only eat my older cat. He'll only eat shredded food of a very certain very specific brand and i've tried so many other things he won't eat them really he won't even eat fancy stuff nothing right. he won't eat it okay and actually they both get dry food um like like free reign of their dry food they have dry food available all day and they don't even like they are so intuitive about it like they don't it doesn't bother them they right. don't eat the whole, the whole thing like the bowl's just there all the time mm. and this is just their wet food that i give them right um And then otherwise, they just have dry food available. So the question that I'm after today, I'm so upset, I'm so green, is a question of sustainability. Okay, so Baxter's food is also meat-based. Obviously, cats are um, what some people call um, obligate carnivores, which means that they need to have um, animal protein in order to get some some of their necessary uh, nutrition needs. Right. Um, We are not obligate carnivores and we can get our, you know, a lot of our nutrition elsewhere for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So in talking about meat, one of the biggest things with respect to sustainability, even though we know it's not always perfect, cutting down meat seems to be a good way to, go greener a little bit with our food yeah that may not always be the case it may not always be the case there are so many factors including like where you're sourcing your food from if you're going completely vegan but all you eat is quinoa that's grown in peru and avocados that are flown in from brazil you're not really greening it up so much
0: right
1: you know what i mean yeah
0: no for sure
1: and if you're getting your meat from whatever like the local farmer and it's like at a market nearby and it's not flying anywhere um, maybe they have like a very sustainable livestock farm um, etc maybe that's a greener option so it's not always perfect but on the whole uh, animal agriculture as we've talked about before does account for a lot of um, greenhouse gas emissions although the top like one percent of the richest people in the world also account for a huge percent of greenhouse gas emissions so this is a very complicated topic Mm. but suffice to say on the whole animal agriculture does contribute to a lot of um is contributing to climate change yeah so our population is at about 38 million how many pets do you think there are in canada
0: Ooh. If
1: there's 38 million people, how many pets?
0: I have no idea. Um, I mean, I I, I hope it's less than 38 million, but maybe, I don't know, 15 million.
1: 15 million. There's almost double that. There's 27.9 million pets in Canada. Oh, I guess some
0: people like have two or three pets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. You have two pets. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe half of people have pets, but they might have multiple, so. I didn't think that.
1: Definitely. So this is an increase of almost um, 1 billion in food sales from 2016 to 2020. Wow. That we had recently. And now uh, pet food sales are sitting around 4.2 billion. Now that we're at this 27.9 million pets. Right. So 4.2 billion in food sales. The five largest pet food companies... Own about 52% of the retail market share. Okay. So, I mean, people can guess those. It's like the Purinas, the whatever. Actually, like Nestle owns a lot of this stuff, and sure. so does Mars. Yeah. Of course, of course. So, fish account for 30% of the pet population. So, of that 27.9 million, uh, less than 10 million, around 9 million of them are fish. Okay. And it's around 30 and 30% for cats and dogs as well. So also around like nine-ish million. Okay. Small dogs are the largest growing group of pets. So it is projected that there's going to be a lot more, more dogs, especially more small dogs. Okay. Makes sense. People are living in smaller places, less square footage. Mm. Small dogs make sense. So there's a lot of mm. obligate carnivores, cats, and a lot of chicken and rice eating dogs. Mm. And they're eating a lot of this meat and this is just Canada, like imagine. Yeah, the whole yeah, world. yeah. So around twenty five percent of people in um the US are cutting back on meat intake. So this is like very rough estimation. Like recent research shows that people are trying to move to a more like flexitarian, if not vegetarian, right. um, diet. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, livestock farming. It's estimated to be around fifteen percent of global emissions of, you know, CO2 and like related emissions are produced from livestock farming okay. the transportation the growing uh, the the factories themselves the pr- uh, processing etc so despite this the num despite people you know 25% of people in the states and maybe globally people are thinking about this more reducing their meat intake there are actually a growing number of pets so meat intake isn't necessarily completely going down we still have a lot of meat eaters our animals and those numbers are expected to grow as people get more and more pets and we have a bigger population even if that population is thinking of going vegan or vegetarian their animals are eating a lot of meat
0: yeah that's a good point i have a friend who's vegan and she's got dogs and the dogs don't follow a vegan diet
1: Um, it's very um, which I think is rare that people do like force their animals into vegan diets. which is good I mean I think yeah like for their health yeah yeah I think it's like contested by a lot of people but we really can't be giving our animals the same kind of protein replacements that we eat and expect it to be the same for them like their metabolism is literally different as you know
0: well, no, so, I don't know much about pet oh, attacks,
1: okay. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so um, it's estimated that dogs and cats are actually responsible for 30% of meat consumption environmental impact. So, so wow. That's a, so of that 15% like global emissions for meat eating, 30% of, of livestock farming, 30% of that is all pets. Wow. So American pets actually eat the fifth most meat globally over humans. Like American people eat the most meat Uh in the world. The fifth biggest meat eating meters, meters, meat eaters (laughs) are American pets.
0: pets. Yeah. That's wild.
1: The U.S. eats the most meat. People might say that's due to population, but they also eat the most meat per person annually.
0: Oh.
1: So, but we were talking about this, you know. Humans are...
0: Yeah, please. Where does Canada lie in that? Do you know? Are we in the top five? Pretty high.
1: We're definitely in the top ten.
0: Okay. I was just curious.
1: Um. But, you know, we were talking about how humans are talking about diversifying their protein sources a little bit away from meat. The problem is for cats is, like we said, they're obligate carnivores. They can't really digest plant material well. They have Not, okay. not only have they not evolved to do it, I mean, that's basically the biggest part. They just haven't evolved to do it. Okay. They also need um, a protein called taurine, which okay. you can't get out of plants. Vitamin A and B twelve, which are very, very in like basically like in low quantities in plants, as opposed to meat, where oh, yeah. they're much more uh, dense. Right? There are some vegan cat foods that are on the market, and they claim to have the required nutritional needs of cats, but they're not very popular. Okay, and like maybe for a good reason. Maybe just like our our science isn't there yet to be able to offer our obligate carnivores vegan diets. Mm. So we were talking about this earlier, the biggest companies, Mars and Nestle are the two biggest pet food companies. Mars owns, like, the same as the Mars bar. They own Iams, Royal Canin, Whiskus, Pedigree, Temptations, and a bunch of other ones. Nestle okay. owns Purina, Fancy Feast, Friskies, Beneful, and right. a bunch of other ones, too.
0: So, so literally,
1: these, like, two biggest companies. I'm yeah.
0: wondering, like, maybe this is something you came across, but, like, so is the solution or, like, is it a suggestion for people to, like, own less pets? Or, like, you know what I mean? Like, That's interesting. I didn't pets? come across that.
1: Okay. I didn't come across that. But um, definitely having pets is known to increase your carbon footprint. So having mm. a car is one of the biggest things. I actually know about this from, like, a, a long time ago. I, I did, like, a paper on this or something. But having a car is, like, a, one of the biggest Things of like increasing your carbon footprint. Eating meat yourself is a big part of that, and on the on the average, like across people, and then having a pet is like maybe like the top one is like the top three things that that increases your carbon footprint, and mostly because of their meat consumption.
0: Right. Wow.
1: So. um, So. We're it's like seeing carpool this trend,
0: or, yes, don't carpool or don't get a dog. or don't get a dog, exactly.
1: <laughs> so we're seeing this trend of people reducing their meat consumption and developing alternatives. But if we can't do plant alternatives for pets, or, you know, we just haven't figured out how to do it properly yet, what about bugs?
0: Mm. So this is
1: something that, you know, around the world there are cultures that eat bugs yeah um sometimes it's a novelty sometimes because they are a source of protein i mean people who eat lobster and crab like fyi it's basically a bug like it's basically a huge ant so i'm you know we're eating bugs too right um i mean evolutionarily they're linked i promise right. you um So this is not vegan to eat bugs, insects, but it's not livestock based. It's a completely different form of growing protein. Millennials are also very like environmentally friendly and they want to buy green things and eat local. And they'll pay premiums for that sort of thing. And companies like Mars and Nestle are catching on. They know that there's a market for this. So there's a lot of the market share that's now investing in researching, research and development into bug insect alternatives for pet food, not just for humans, but for pet food. So right. there's a company called Jiminy's, which is cute because it comes from Jiminy Cricket, uh, founded in 2016, and they were inspired by a United Nations report saying that crickets would be a very sustainable food source for humans moving forward. The edible insect market is actually growing, and cricket and fly larvae are basically like similarly digestible. Tra- 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 <laughs> oh my gosh, to traditional meat. So, okay. companies like Jiminy's, there's not that many of them around, but they are creating cricket or other insect based pet foods. Right. Insects are. So there's an, um, an article that I'll link in the description that goes into like, comparisons between different insects and different animal, other animal uh, protein sources and their makeup of nutrients. Insects are not necessarily any more or less healthy than traditional meat sources. There's actually such a huge variety and between different insects, it can be like completely different what their nutrient makeup is. Um so some have like more or less protein, some have more or less fat, etc. Different makeup of micronutrients as well. So, for example, mealworms have about 10 milligrams of vitamin A uh, per 100 grams. And crickets have about 7 milligrams um, per 100 grams, whereas chicken and beef have zero, hmm. uh, like on the average. Right, right. So right. one acre of land, Okay. One acre of land. I did a. I I like drew a square on the Facetime with Hannah as if that means anything. <laughs> one acre of land <laughs> oh. is equal to a hundred ninety hundred and ninety two pounds of beef annually. Okay, so about the like size of like a uh, maybe like a a strong adult male on average one hundred ninety two pounds right. of, of beef annually. One acre of land. One acre of land is also equal to 265 pounds of poultry annually. Okay. Just guess, just for fun, guess how many pounds of cricket protein you can get for one acre of land?
0: 100,000.
1: Oh. On the way there, sixty-five thousand is the estimate. Right. I just
0: went because last time I was, I guessed too low. So then I was
1: trying to, yeah. You're gonna go high, yeah. Yeah. So, four point four million gallons of water per year would be saved per dog if people divested to uh, insect-based protein, insect-derived protein, like cricket. So. Jiminy's crickets actually mostly come from farms in Ontario. So this is happening closer than you think. A lot of our listeners are from the Toronto area. And just to, like, tie this all off with a little bow at the end, something curious that is very nutrition-related, people who are allergic to shellfish might also be allergic to bugs.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Because of their close relatives.
0: Yeah, so, hmm. Well, I mean, that sounds very... Positive, not the allergy part, but the um, (laughs) the potential alternative pet food. I've actually seen, um, yeah, in my experience and in my work, like the rise of insect protein. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had some companies send me their like protein powder and protein bars made out of cricket protein, right, and things like that. So. think it's neat i think it's a neat yeah kind of up and coming area of not only Mm -hmm. pet nutrition but human nutrition too or human yes food consumption uh so that's kind of neat but i think for i think it's interesting so for a pet owner to make the switch to a cricket based Mm -hmm. protein or an insect based um Food for the pet. I think it will probably take. There has to be a lot of, you know, um, it has to be, you know, well researched and and shown that, you know, pets can live a healthy life. It take
1: a lot of marketing
0: yeah. a lot of marketing as well. Yeah, because yeah. people obviously really care about their pets and they want, especially these days. I feel like with us mm-hmm. millennials and our pets, we like treat them like yeah. children. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, it will take a lot of probably research and marketing and all that stuff to get people to to get people on board because people want to know that what they're feeding their pets is going to make them healthy and live a long life and not I mean, um,
1: the, yeah yeah you're totally right i mean the the more information people have access to like the more skeptical people have become and we saw like whether that information is correct or not correct and we saw this obviously with like we continue to see this with people who are anti-vax. Yeah. So I can definitely see a lot of people being very skeptical about changing not their not just their own protein sources to something like insects but also their pets. Yeah. Like you're saying.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's it's definitely interesting now I'm yeah, I'm curious to see the rise of insects. Mhm.
1: I mean, literally one day dinner. avocados just like showed up at the grocery store with no warning. So as we were growing up, so maybe crickets are going to show up one day.
0: Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll see. We'll keep an eye out for mm-hmm. sure. Well, very yeah. neat. I kind of like that that switch to talking about animal nutrition. Um, that was very neat. I think a lot of people are probably interested as well because a lot of people out there have pets and are animal lovers. So that's neat. Um, Okay, so maybe quickly, let me ask you. Mm -hmm. What has been tasty for you this week?
1: Well, speaking of animals, the family just got a new puppy. Yay! And as much as that comes with... Cleaning up pee, stress, wanting to make sure the puppy's not eating something that it's going to choke on, and worrying and all this. It's a very cute puppy.
0: Oh my gosh. And
1: we got to spend some quality time together this weekend. And I'm so excited to see him. I think tomorrow. Maybe tonight. I don't know.
0: Oh, really? Maybe. Well, I want to see Patrick. Oh, well, he's. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm jealous. (laughs) i'll be here i'll be here with bella bella and i um
1: yeah what's been tasty for you
0: um that is a great question i feel like i'm i'm disappointed by i'm a little disappointed by this last week and and food wise you know i feel like i haven't like really had anything super
1: no me neither
0: tasty but tonight <sighs> okay so Pat is gone and i don't know why i just boys
1: away the, the boys will away. Play. yeah exactly
0: yeah. um i don't know why oh my I'm god girls like...
1: night with bella i'm coming. Yeah. i want to be there yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, coming over
0: <laughs> okay um i'm excited i don't know why i sometimes it maybe you can relate you generally usually i mean some nights maybe not but I am the one who cooked dinner for Pat, and I, oh, I mean, yeah, you, I, you can I relate. Yeah. yeah, and it's not, it's not, re- I mean, it probably is like gender roles and like that. Years so of
1: misogyny, yes, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah, however, I do also, like I've said, enjoy cooking, yeah. and so most of the time, it's not like a huge, like, fuck, I'm the woman in the kitchen, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, I get to yeah. make dinner, I'm gonna go make something for dinner. Um, but sometimes it does get annoying and Pat steps in and he does prepare some meals. But usually it's me. So anyways, with him away, I'm feeling like I don't know, maybe it's I'm feeling a little more inspired to like cook something yeah. new. I don't know what that has that, to do with Pat being oh away. My.
1: But a lot of it I wonder if it's the same for me where like when I have free reign to myself, I'm like I can make mistakes and yeah. whatever this is, like it doesn't have to be dinner. You know what I mean? I don't have to get something on the table.
0: Yeah. Maybe like, that's what it just, is. Like, like, I don't feel like I have to get it on the whatever. table like, and, yeah. and then, you know, continue on with my night. I literally have the rest of the night yeah. free and I'm excited. Yeah. I'm going to try to make like a creamy pumpkin pasta. Cause it's like pumpkin season. And I have these like shell, like shell pastas. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to make like pumpkin shells, like with creamy sauce, pumpkin sauce mm. and like, sage and butter and like, oh, that's yeah, what i'm gonna yeah, do yeah, yeah. yeah that's the, what i'm gonna oh do i picked God. it all out at the store today yeah
1: very autumnal
0: yeah exactly um so that's what i think will be tasty this week because i'm gonna do it tonight
1: that's the perfect recipe for me to be like i th- to, to for me to get disastrous and be like i think i'm gonna buy a pumpkin de it, roast it, and use the fresh pumpkin. Like instead of like going to just like buy pumpkin no, so puree, I already like have a the normal puree, person. The can. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But which is the smart thing to do because it's like why, yeah. literally, introduce so much stress in your life? But sometimes I'm like I'm pioneer woman. Like, <laughs> get up my crock pot. Like, I'm gonna do that. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. That sounds yeah. like so much fun. Yeah. So that's what I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna try to almost like I'm gonna go like the Alfredo. Root yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. start to
1: yeah. kind of make an Alfredo but add pumpkin. And... Veer off yeah that highway at the very end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: We'll see how it goes. Definitely. Yeah.
1: I have a really um amazing ranch recipe that I want to share with you by the way. You just reminded me like creamy based things. I
0: love that. Vegan
1: ranch. Yeah, it's so crazy. like Ooh. it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's share really it with good.
0: me. Yeah.
1: I will. Okay. And amazing. um share this episode with other people. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Oh my god, we made it through another week.
0: Woohoo! Happy um, Friday
1: happy friday have a great weekend um if you have been inspired to do a 10k run please tell us or if you're doing any sort of like new exercise and you're fall we want to follow that journey with you um tell us how that's been going with your nutrition as well we'd love to hear it and um yeah leave us a review find this episode and you know like it on spotify um you know do good things to your neighbors (laughs) and bye
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay guys we will talk to you next week i hope you have an amazing weekend
1: yes have a great bye